It was the dawn of the third age of podcasting, 20 years after Babylon 5's debut. This intro cast is a dream-given form. Its goal? To introduce the show to new fans by creating a place where new viewers and old alike can discuss the show peacefully. It's a port of call, home away from home for geeks, nerds, podcasters, and wanderers. British and Americans, wrapped up in minutes of audio downloads, all alone on the web. It can be a silly place, but it's our last best hope for intelligent analysis. This is the story of the first of the Babylon 5 intro cast. The year is 2014. The name of the show is Down Below. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to Down Below, a Babylon 5 intro cast. I'm Will. Hi, man. I'm Heidi. I'm Elizabeth. And once again, we are joined by a very special guest from the Red Dwarf intro cast. Say hello to Shane. Hey, Shane. Hello. Hi, Shane. Welcome back. I'm good. Uh, please be back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, our second returning, our first returning guest, sorry. Did, did you pick this episode specifically? Uh, no, but I, you had a guest slot three and I did Babylon 5, so I jumped at the chance. Oh, yeah, okay. It's more fun with guests. Mm-hmm. And my dog has joined us, so we may hear... Noises in the background. <laughs> um, today we're here to discuss episode three of season one, but first here's an ISN report. This is an ISN special report. There were rumors circulating on Babylon 5 about Ambassador Londo Malari this week. First, he was seen at Fresh Air with a Centauri slave. Malari has been absent from many peace talk meetings this week as well. The slave may have stolen something from Malari, as he was seen searching for her in the club where she worked. And she later left Babylon 5 for Davo. In other news, a confidential source has reported the death of Susan Ivanova's father on Earth. This has been an ISN special report. Today's episode is called Born to the Purple. It originally aired on February 9th, 1994. So we're still on that whole 20-year cycle. <laughs> so we have a break. Um, this episode was directed by Bruce Seth Green, who is not related to the Seth Green we know. But hasn't he directed for Buffy? Yeah, he directed I think so. <laughs> a lot of the early episodes, of, a lot of early episodes of Buffy, including The Pack, which is... One of my least favorite episodes of Buffy. <gasps> How dare you? I know, it's Get like out. for me. <laughs> <laughs> and this might be another surprise. I didn't like Xander. Mm. Well, okay. <laughs> Those early episodes, well, you know, it takes a little while to get used to some of the characters. Mm-hmm. And he also directed episodes of Angel, Dawson's Creek, and Gilmore Girls. Yeah. And this is the first episode so far that wasn't written by JMS. It was written by Larry Dettilio. He written a lot of animated shows like Beast Wars, He-Man, She-Ra. Huh. So let's get into our episode recap. This episode begins with Londo enjoying some sights, <laughs> dancers. Sinclair and Jakar enter. They want to talk about negotiations involving the Euphrates sector. Sinclair insists that Londo comes to the council meeting the next day. But finally, the dancer that Londo's been waiting to see takes the stage and all three sit back and watch. And Londo and Jakar agree on something, that females are the finest thing in life. <laughs> Until another one enters. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Would that be showed No, I was going to say, I love the music at the beginning. Yeah, set me free, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Set me free. Let me free. <laughs> the new head of Jakar's diplomatic staff, Kodath, arrives. She's there early, and she doesn't seem too pleased with you know to find Jakar in this establishment. Kodath is played by Mary Woronov. I saw that she was in Cannibal, and she was in an episode of Family Matters and Highlanders. So what was your first impression of Kodath? I love her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's awesome. She's, I mean, she's amazing. I love her so much. <laughs> Great. Yeah, it's uh, not necessarily for this scene, but more later mm-hmm. when she's so excited to be in charge. <laughs> uh, she's actually not credited in the episode. 
Oh, okay. Wow. And later we see Londo returning to his quarters and the dancer he just saw is waiting for him there. Then we go to the opening credits. Yeah, there was... Who was that guy that was talking to Kodoth? Was he like, is he like a pilot or something? Oh, the guy that was uh, hitting on her. Yeah. <laughs> I don't... Because he shows up later in the episode, right? Right, I think it's the same guy. That same, was same guy? Yeah. Both Bulls personnel of some kind. Okay. So, um, we're to believe here that this isn't the first time that uh, Londo has um, been with Adira, right? That's my impression. But Luke's located. Yeah, that's not okay. Well. okay. Yeah, that's what I was getting to, but I wasn't sure. So we see Garibaldi perform a comm check and he discovers an unauthorized transmission on the Gold Channel. I like how Google Docs try to autocorrect that to Golf Channel. But <laughs> 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 and Claire tells Garibaldi to run it by the EO, which is Ivanova, the executive officer. Okay, I have to admit that the first time I watched this, I was so, I don't know, I didn't really understand what was happening. This whole, you know, I didn't understand what they meant by gold channels. I guess I did, I missed the line where they were talking about, you know, communications. Right. I thought maybe somebody was trying to hack into the system or something. So, yeah, you have, you have to really pay attention. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because these scenes are just so, I don't know, like they come in and take you away from the action that you're kind of caring about more. And mm-hmm. so then when, when these Garibaldi scenes come on, it's just like, okay, well, I'm, I'm not exactly sure what he's doing. Because I did the exact same thing. It wasn't until later that I figured out what was going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and they're so brief, but the, each time they present you with a little bit more information that kind of need to piece it all together. Uh, next, we see that Londo hasn't arrived to the, ne- the negotiations. Veer is playing on his little Game Boy thing. Explains that he's tried to reach Londo unsuccessfully. Uh, Sinclair thinks he should try to reach him again. My first thoughts were that um, that I didn't really think that he had died, but that like the um, that the girl that he was with had either like taken him prisoner or uh, injured him in some way. Yeah. Uh, so Talia leaves because she needs a break from being around the strong emotions. Sinclair explains that. He wanted her there to peel away all the lies. I I liked Talia in this episode. I think the actress, I don't know what it is about her, but I, I just like the way she says things. <laughs> Maybe I like her voice or something. I don't know, but I think she's pretty good. I still haven't noticed the mouth thing you mentioned, but... um. I noticed it a little bit in this episode. Her voice is fine, as long as I'm not looking at her when she's talking. <laughs> 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 yeah, oh... Something stupid crossed my mind when she said all the uh, intense thoughts, thinking, well, Veer must be really getting into that game. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah there wasn't a lot of tension there when she left, but... It was all coming from Koda. She was... She was <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I find this whole side thing very interesting. Like, when it's okay to use it and when it's not, it's like... Later in the episode, she wasn't going to help them because I um, can't remember exactly what she had a problem with. But, um, you know, it's okay if you're, like, in talks and um, and trying to reach a treaty, but not okay in these other situations. And it's, it's all very interesting. I think it was, like, she can't probe into your mind to try to find information. But if right. it's on the top of your mind, like, it's what you're actively thinking about, then she can? Yeah. Something like that? Yeah, That's surface what- thoughts are okay, but she can't. Which is kind of a weird loophole because of what she just did. <laughs> right. Yeah, there's a way around it. <laughs> so in we go to Londo's quarters and he's with Adira. Adira is played by I'm probably gonna botch this, but Fabiana Udinio. And I saw that she's been she was in Robocop two, she was in Austin Powers and also in the wedding planner. Maybe that's where I recognize her from, Austin Powers. I totally recognized her, but I couldn't figure out where. I didn't want to look. I like how she's worked on her accent and kind of got it in the same area, at least, that uh, Londo is. It kind of adds a lot to the character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, you know, I have a... I don't know, it, it doesn't mean anything, but I was just wondering on the makeup and effects, I noticed that the male Centauris have the um, really pronounced canines. But she didn't. I wonder if that's just a male thing. I don't know. That is 
a makeup thing, right? They didn't just pick two actors that had fangs. I have to I think it's makeup. Yeah. I have to be honest with you, I never saw that before I rewatched this episode today. The the canines or the yeah. fact that she didn't have them? Oh the canines. Never oh. seen that before never seen that before until I rewatched it. Oh, okay. So Londo and Adira are having a conversation. At one point she said you know, she says, I'm Centauri, your title pleases me. You know, kinda says that Centauri maybe place a lot of value on titles and they're both talking about how they both get a lot out of each other, a lot from each other. Londo receives a call from Beer and says that he's on his way to the negotiations. So what do you think about this scene of the show, Londo in a different light, maybe? Yeah, it, it, it does. We definitely haven't seen this side of him. I think he's, like, totally head over heels for her. Yeah, I don't remember exactly what was said in this scene versus the next scene with her, so... Uh, I just want to point out, according to the Lurkers Guide, uh, they did have a thing in mind where Londo sits up in bed, having just having just had wonderful sex, and his hair is now hanging limp. And in certain bursts of insanity, they decided against it. Yeah. <laughs> in a burst oh. of insanity? <laughs> burst of sanity, y'all think? Yeah. Oh, sanity. Yeah. Okay, I was yeah. going to say that's yeah. I don't want I don't want a metaphor uh, through hair. Thank you very much. <laughs> Uh, in the CNC, Ivanova tells Garibaldi that he's re- overreacting to the communications anomaly. She says it could be what we Russians call a gremlin. And Garibaldi explains how restrictive access to the gold channel is, and only senior officers even know it exists. But and if there's if it's been compromised, that could be some kind of security risk. Ivanova replies that one transmission is not a conspiracy and suggests that he monitor the channel more closely, which he says he's already doing. I do have a question about this scene, actually. It says senior staff, but they're talking about it openly in CNC. How many of those officers in CNC are senior staff? <laughs> yeah, probably not that many. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. But they're, talking, they're talking about it openly. Yeah. Yeah, that's not good. Not very good. Just like when they were on the train in the first yeah, episode. Yeah. 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 Um, so all I can think when she mentions gremlins, I mean, I know it's not only that movie, but all I can think is little creatures, like, gnawing on the wires. <laughs> I've got the song in my head now. I'm just <laughs> imagining them going around Babylon 5. Yeah, They've probably got an ambassador, even. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't remember if it was this scene or the next one, but I did start to question Ivanova and I was like okay this is just too much like she can't be because we had discussed there possibly being like a mole in the last episode Mm. and I was thinking wow this is like fast if it's going to come out that it's her but she was just acting so suspiciously yeah she was I didn't even think about that um I thought there was something fishy going on I still didn't really care (laughs) about what was happening (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I didn't really know what was going on, and I wasn't that invested in it. But yeah, she definitely seemed a little suspicious at this point. I also kind of wondered if maybe she was just playing with Garibaldi, like you know, maybe she was just having some fun with him. I was playing with <laughs> kind of cat and mouse. Yeah, yeah. cat and cat and mouse game really. Just... Okay, so back in negotiations, you see Kodoth and Jakar playing Deer's Game Boy. I totally missed that the first time I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna be having fun, and yeah, Londo. Were, <laughs> and Londo arrives, and yeah, Kodoth isn't too happy. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was so funny! <laughs> I, I, I've got the episode on in the background. and Just saw that point. <laughs> she like just kisses at him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then just after that, uh, Beer gives. Uh, sorry, Londo gives Beer a little um, whack on the chin. Yes. <laughs> Just to rub it in, I think. So elsewhere, we see a man named Trakis. He surprises Adira. Trakis is played by Clive Rebel. He's done a lot of voice work, but he's also guest starred on a lot of live action shows. He was in the Robin Hood episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. Trakis asks Adira why she hasn't gotten to the Purple Files, and she says it's difficult because Londo doesn't trust her yet, and she seems to have real feelings for Londo at this point. 
Trackers explains that Londo has all the power he does because he's been collecting dirt for years, like all the great noble houses of the Centauri. Oh, I was just going to say, so he said noble houses, so that means that they have some kind of lineage, power through lineage, um, in, on Centauri. Sorry. Yeah, that's the impression they get here. Also here, uh, he, he refers to uh, the Centauri government as the Centauri Republic, which is mm-hmm. the right um, mm-hmm. designation for it. But through the rest of the episode, he mentions it as a Centauri em- Empire, and it just bugged me a little bit that they didn't have the consistency there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he did. Trackers explains that Londo's files can bring down any house in the Centauri Republic, and the Narn will pay well for that data. And he gives Adira a mind probe to use on Londo. Mm. Oh. <laughs> Problem with this is if you've watched any Doctor Who, well, if you've watched The Five Doctors, that phrase just. You can't help but smile when you hear that phrase because mind probe is used in um, that episode, well, series, and um, there's a great line where it's use the mind probe. No, not the mind probe! <laughs> So, yeah, you can't take that seriously when I say it. <laughs> um, so we've seen we've seen some of this before, and I can't remember if it was in the uh, pilot movie or if it was in the first episode um, where Londo was getting blackmailed, basically, because someone knew about his family's role in things. Yeah. Yeah, that was Chikar. It was about slavery, I yeah. think. Yeah. Atrocities committed during the war or something like that. The occupation of his grandfather, if I remember. Yeah, Yeah, like it was, it was there in my mind, and I can remember it, but just not enough to, you know, really actually pick out the details. Um, Mm -hmm. So, so we're building on that, and that's interesting. I still don't get the title though. Born to the Purple. Yeah. Oh, I'll yeah that. I have notes for that later. (laughs) Good. Um, what are we supposed to, so basically these purple files are where he keeps all of the dirt on the other houses? Right. Okay. So Adira receives a visit from Londo who comes bearing gifts and one of them is very valuable and I can't remember exactly what was it. It was, was it the sign of his it, family? It oh, I don't yeah. think he said about a sign uh, about a sign. Matri- it was, yeah. A, yeah, a matriarch in his family um, had worn it. I, yeah. Yeah, so a symbol of power, basically. Okay. Uh, the design's kind of nice because it mirrors the head crest. The uh, what now? You know, the um, hair that the Centauri has, it's kind of like a crest. Oh, okay. I did not pick up yeah, on that. Yeah, uh, the pin itself is in that shape. Okay. It was kind of like a triangle, right? Yeah, a with triangle? a rounded top. It, oh, okay. Yeah, almost like a fan. Well, I did like Adira's outfit. <laughs> they did a pretty good job with the costuming. Yeah. And that gift was all well and good, but um, take note, guys. If you have flowers <laughs> grown for a girl, that is way more romantic than calling the flower shop and ordering them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she really liked those flowers. They were nice. Yeah. Yeah. We do have Valentine's Day coming up this coming Friday. So. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Grow your own flowers now. <laughs> Yeah. Well, like I was going to say, I think it takes a bit longer than that to get star laces from Davo, though. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, Londo has made a reservation for them at the finest restaurant on B5, and he doesn't mind being seen publicly with her. What was the restaurant? Fresh Air? Yeah. Now, was the ceiling supposed to be open to the sky? Or to the sky? Or I couldn't tell. I, I think it's... Um... Somewhere on the outer dome where all the gardens are. Um, so it's open to the big um, domed garden area that we saw glimpses of when we went through on the shuttle. Oh, uh, okay. It was nice. Looking. Yeah. Okay, we see that Garibaldi has detected another gold channel communication. And next we see Sinclair's taking Talia out to dinner. So oh, she- wait, wait, wait. Sorry. Let's okay. <laughs> <laughs> back up to. Garibaldi for a second. Yeah, so yeah these he, things go by so quick. He mentioned the Dodgers, so I assume that they're talking about baseball, or is this something else like related to a stupid cartoon? Yeah, <laughs> it could be Dodgers. It's... <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming it's a sports thing. And then the ICE acronym is Intrusion Countermeasure Electronics. 
Really? That's the dumbest <laughs> acronym uh, I've ever heard. I love the fact that Gail Bodie is actually reading the newspaper. <laughs> Feet up on the desk reading the newspaper. Yeah, you know. I do have the main headline if you want to if you want to hear it. Okay. Yeah. The main headline newspaper reads: Home Guard leader convicted. Home Guard. Hmm. Huh. Well, I wonder what that means. Yeah. <laughs> Home Guard leader convicted. Hmm. I think that title should be: We still have newspapers in two hundred years. <laughs> okay. Convicted. Interesting. So, yeah, Sinclair is taking Talia out to dinner, and we found out that Talia used to work for the political bureau. I'm not sure. I don't remember if that's significant. I just thought it was interesting. Uh, she mentions that Londo's thoughts during the negotiation were very erotic, and Sinclair isn't surprised that he sees Londo and Adira over at another table. Poor Talia. <laughs> the whole time I... at that meeting, she was probably blushing. <laughs> I, okay, so are we to get a sort of flirting type of vibe from this scene? That's I don't what know. I, I got. I don't it. know. Yeah. I mean, they were dressed really nice, and then she she brought up erotic things. <laughs> 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 yep, sounds like a date. <laughs> yep. I wonder if they're going to... Anyways, we can talk about that later. I forgot that another character from the pilot movie disappeared. Sinclair did have a girlfriend. Yes, yep. Caroline or something like that. Yeah, Caroline Sykes. Hmm. I totally <laughs> forgot about her until They haven't mentioned now. her at all. No. Uh, since then. Hmm. Okay. Out of sight. <laughs> Out of mind. <laughs> In the scenes. Yes, sorry, yet another Buffy episode. <laughs> oh, that was Out of Mind, Out of Sight. Oh, well. Ah. In the CNC, Garibaldi is touching Ivanova's console when she arrives. And he explained that the prefix of the communication was to the Russian consortium. However, there were no unauthorized transmissions logs. So Ivanova kind of mocks him and asks him if it was just a figment of his imagination. So we're all starting to get suspicious of Ivanova at this point, if you weren't before. Because yeah. they mentioned Russia. She said earlier, you know, we Russians. I actually wondered in this scene. Do both of them know each other knows? Uh, they're just kind of playing with each other in here, and yeah, you haven't got me yet. There are no records on the system. I don't think at this point they did. I think he's probably started to get suspicious after this encounter, because it was pretty obvious she was trying to steer him away. So back in Londo's quarters, Adira puts something in Londo's drink and uses the mind probe to get the access code to his purple files. Triple cipher, wine, women, song. What was the mind probe doing? I don't understand. It, um... Wouldn't he have just been, like, passed out from the drug, but the mind probe was allowing him to give the information that she needed? Oh, that's what it was doing? Okay. I think so. So, giving her access to his subconscious, uh, yeah, that's kind of what it does, I thought. Okay. I made a note about Londo's quarters, so they're kind of <laughs> gaudy looking. But, um, <laughs> she takes the data, kisses Londo, and leaves after returning the gift that he gave her earlier. And I was really glad that she went through with it, just because I was like, okay, well, she likes him. She's not actually going to steal the information. She's going to, you know, she's going to chicken out or, or whatever. So I was actually glad that it went the way that it did and that she did end up taking the files even though like she she didn't give them to track it um mm -hmm. but i was i was really glad that it that it went forward from that point because i was like okay this is going to be like about him freeing her as a slave and she's gonna tell him everything and all of that so i like that when um londo told her the passcode she had this look on her face like oh Lando you rascal like, <laughs> <she's been surprised. laughs> kind yeah. of like of course it is <laughs> yeah could be anything else so next we see Lando's awakened by Veer telling him to return to the negotiation and Lando realizes that Adira is gone yeah he's got a monster of a hangover too yeah and um yeah next we see Adira meet um Adira gets a call from Trakis, and they agree to meet in the Zocalo to hand over the data. Oh, yeah. I, um, yeah, nearly forgot when you mentioned Data Crystal before. I actually 
heard a report last year or something like that, uh, maybe a little while, look, sorry, maybe a while before that, but there's some scientific theory out there saying that it's actually possible to encrypt data into um, crystals and it's potentially a much better storage device than um, anything we've got at the moment. So, yeah, apparently it's plausible. (laughs) Krypton is coming. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sure they didn't know that at the time. It's just a cool way of um, transferring data. Uh, uh, 360 terabytes of data, apparently. Yolando's talking to Beer. He wants Beer to represent the Centauri in the negotiations, and he wants him not to give away the home world. <laughs> I love yeah. this, and I have more uh, comments on that when we get to the other part. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, next, Adira spies Trakis in the Zocalo, and she runs, and while Trakis is chasing her, he attacks a guy that gets in his way who I think it's the same guy who hit on Kodoth earlier. Oh, yes. Uh, a couple of points. One, I noticed when Lando, this is like minor, but I noticed when Lando was talking to Veer, he called people from Earth Earthlings instead of Earthers. And, oh, goodness. <laughs> and so I guess there's multiple names. And I really thought that alien lady that was talking to that guy that got knocked down for the second time uh, was so cool looking. <laughs> I think she had like a smushed in triangular face with like these teeth in the middle. It was really cool looking. I don't remember her. Yeah, I noticed her too. There was really cool makeup just on like the background characters, and mm-hmm. um, and the guy that got knocked down again—he's having a really bad week. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, the first one was his fault. That's right. <laughs> so Lando goes to Adira's quarters, but she's not there. But Trakis is. Trakis says that Adira has betrayed them both. Apparently, Trakis is- can't get into her quarters. What is he supposed to be? What, do, do they say what, I don't know, race he is? Um, no, they never said it. He's not Centauri, though. No. Okay. Since elsewhere we see Adira ask a friend to book her passage on a transport, and Adira agrees to let, the friend agrees to let Adira live with her until the transport leaves. Back in Adira's quarters, Trakish reveals to Londo that Adira is a slave, and he owns her. And Trakis plants a tracking device on Londo while at the same time motivating Londo to go look for Adira. So he also tells him that she's a Narn agent and that that's why she stole the purple files. Right. Yeah, that's um, what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, Londo's a good enough uh, politician here that he sees straight through this line. So back in negotiations, Veer arrives. He explains that he's been given the authority to negotiate, but this makes Jakar mad. He says he won't negotiate with an underling and promises to return when Londo does. He gives Kodoth the authority to represent the Narn and tells her not to give away the homeworld. I still still want to see these negotiations. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. They kind of are so pleased to be left in charge until she gets that little slap. Elsewhere, we see Lando has confirmed that someone has accessed his purple files, and he goes off to look for Adira. Sinclair intercepts him. Lando asks Sinclair for help, because what she has could shake the foundation of the Centaur Republic and ruin his career. Sinclair agrees to help if Lando will agree to his compromise on the Euphrates sector. I noticed that Lando called Sinclair his dear, dear friend. <laughs> of course he is. He needs his yeah. help. <laughs> so next we see Sinclair and Lando in disguise, and they go down to the club, uh, pretending that they're interested in hiring dancers. The owner of the club, Ock, what was his name? He's played by Jim Giannini. He's been a guest star on a lot of shows. And the guy who ends up grabbing them to take them out, Norg, He's played by Robert DiTilio, who is the brother of the guy who wrote the episode. Oh, interesting. <laughs> He's also been an episode of Sliders, and he was in Night of the Living Dead 3D. So, do you know if Ock, the actor, was ever on Angel? Because he, I don't know, and it was probably just the makeup. Like, it probably reminded me of a demon from Angel. But... Yeah, he just looked familiar. Let me yeah. see. Yeah. Kind of looked demonic, but well, can't really say that about aliens. 
He's on. No, I don't see him on Angel. Okay, it was probably just the makeup, like, reminded me of a demon from there. Like, it really made me think, like, Pylea and kind of Lorne's people, but obviously he wasn't green. But I think maybe just the uh, similar facial structure or something. Yeah, I was having the same issue with um, Trachis. I was, <laughs> he reminded me of Sajon. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I kept, <laughs> I kept calling him that in my mind. But in this scene, I, I liked the... I don't know if they were trying to be stealthy, but I enjoyed their traveling cloaks. <laughs> yeah. Even Sinclair had this, like, official-looking, you know, cloak or poncho or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, it cape. Yeah, a 19th century cape or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting that Sinclair can go places and not be recognized. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I really liked him in this scene, the way that mm-hmm. he, you know, got what they wanted, and he he was really good. Something very different than we've seen before. Yeah, his expression when he was asking for about hiring dancers was priceless. Yeah. I laughed so hard. <laughs> his facial expressions are hilarious sometimes, I'm, and I'm not sure he's always <laughs> intending to be funny. Um, well, it's just, you know, all, most of the time he's so dour, and in that scene it's just always chipper. Yeah, yeah. And so they bring out some girls, and Londo's asking them for information about Adira. The one tells them about Adira's friend who lives in Brown Six. That's so sweet. These okay. are just different like sectors, right? So we have like green, yeah, brown, brown. Red, green. Yeah. Does do different types of people? I don't know if that's a spoiler or not, but would would we say like low level workers probably stay in Brown or something like that? Maybe I don't know. That would be a theory. Uh, well, <laughs> it's not that big. You just got to continue watching, really, because it's something that's in the background you pick up on. Right. Okay. So next we see Truck is talking to Nagrath. Yay! Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to find out where Adira is, and he tells Nagrath to delay Malari and kill him if necessary. And Nagrath is like. And yeah, we might have some trouble if we try to assassinate the captain. Ambassador. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Oh, I think so, DeGrasse. There might be some trouble. If you get paid enough money, though, it doesn't matter. Uh, so next we see Sinclair and Malari come under fire from two guys. Lando deduces that they must have been tracked. Hmm. <laughs> I wonder how that happened. These <laughs> things are so 90s. <laughs> With the shades and the leather jackets. And the two guys get a transmission saying that Adira has been captured. Aww. Elsewhere, we see Garibaldi get a message from Ivanova about weapons fire in Brown 7. She says she'll keep an eye out for his gremlins. And he starts to leave to go check out the situation, but then he gets a thought and decides to send a team instead. He tells the computer to monitor the, the gold channel and to locate Lieutenant Commander Ivanova. Next, we see Sinclair talking to Lando, says nothing's left the station in the past two hours, so Trakis and Adira must still be on board, and he has an idea to find her. Next, we're back with Garibaldi. He intercepts a gold channel communication between Ivanova and her father, who is sick and dying. And we find out some more information about Ivanova. Her father says that he hasn't been a good father, and it was hard for him after her mother died and her brother was killed in the war. And she ended up joining Earth Force against Earth Forces against his wishes. So I already knew about her mother, but then we find out that her brother was killed during the Earth Bombari War. Oh, yeah. And here he, he, he sees her father dying as well, so she's left all alone now. Yeah, okay. Um, so I have a few things, I guess, about this scene. Um, first, <laughs> it's a totally minor thing, but the guy looked like Christoph Waltz to me. It was very distracting. But, um, so I think this scene was sad and affecting, but I think it would have been more affecting if we n- knew her a little longer before this happened. Um, I think we, she's only been in this like her third episode, right? Or yeah. something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, I was sad and everything, and she did a really great job, the actress, I think. Um, kind of understated, but you could tell, you know, she had a lot of emotions going on. Uh, but I just wasn't as effective as it could have been for me. I don't know why they decided to do it this early, if there's going to be something coming out of it, or if they just wanted to give another aspect to her character. Um, 
And I still don't quite understand why she had to go through these back channels to contact her dad. So I don't know if that'll come up later. Maybe there's there's a reason she couldn't contact her father. Uh, maybe she just needed the priority channel in order to be able to have them pick up or something. I don't know. Yeah, I have a note about that. Uh, it's oh. later. Okay, that, that's pretty much it. Um, so it's a good scene, but I think it's a little premature for me. Um, I kind of took it as it was more of a character building thing. Like, since we're not going to get to see her father because he is on Earth, that it was just a way to um, give us more information about her and maybe why the, she is the way she is and um, and maybe open up more places for her character to go. Yeah, we got a lot of sadness about her mother, too, just two episodes ago. Yeah. So they're really laying it on. Uh-huh. <laughs> I have a question. I have a question. Like that? Um, why is she making the call in CNC? <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, she doesn't want to get caught. She... <laughs> yes. Do it from your own quarters, not CNC. Anyone can walk in at any oh, time. Actually, there might be reason. She, if she's using Gold Channel, I know the commander has access to it. She might have been in the commander station on CNC. Uh, that's yeah, the only place you can access Gold Channel 1. Who knows? She's a stickler for her job, though. I guess. Staying, staying in yeah, position. She not... couldn't go for a drink. <laughs> Even after her dad died. So, in the next part, um, Sinclair gets Jakar in unknowingly on his scheme to find out where Adira is. Jakar thinks he's bargaining with Trakis for some valuable information, and they're going to get Talia to help find out. She doesn't want to break any core rules because she can only read surface thoughts, but she agreed to do it when she found out a life was at stake. <laughs> uh, my notes, I wrote S-T-A, S-T-E-A-K, at stake. At <laughs> <laughs> stake. <laughs> um, so Jakar thought he was getting information? Okay, I did not understand that part. I thought yeah. he was supposed to be goods or something. Uh, that's what I thought, at least. I thought that he thought he was bargaining for um, Mondo's information. Apple Falls. Yeah. Yeah, it, uh, make, oh. it makes sense, though, because she says that she's there to, like, I don't know, verify the, the merchandise. Or, I can't remember exactly how she puts it, but it makes sense that that would be thoughts, because otherwise, mm. why does it require her? I thought she was just there to, I mean, and this is just, could be just my complete misinterpretation. I thought she was just there to read his thoughts in terms of like whether the, the merchandise or whatever was valid. Mm-hmm. Like if he, if it wasn't that he would think that in his mind. Yeah. Okay. So that, that actually makes sense in terms of what Jakar says to him, because it is pretty underhanded of Sinclair to, if that, you know, he was going to go through with that, if he was going to go through with that deal. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So. <laughs> Talia tricks Trakis into thinking about where a deer is. It's like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, don't think about this. <laughs> yeah, but, okay, yeah, that was awesome. And they found out that she's in the alien sector on level four. Trakis tries to run away, but Lando attacks him and recovers his information. Like, this is for, <laughs> yeah, he punches and kicks him. Yeah. And then, oh, oh. I'm seeing this now, and there's this uh, woman sat on the table right behind him as he does it, and gives him such a dirty look when he punches the guy out. Yeah. <laughs> and Lando thanks Jakar for saving his career and the Centaur Republic, and Jakar storms off, up, storms off upset. And I like that you can hear Sinclair laughing in the background <laughs> when he <laughs> runs off and everybody. Yeah. Um, I did, I was a little disappointed in this because we didn't get any reaction from Jakar until, like, it was basically all over with and they revealed to him what was happening. So I would have liked to have, like, seen him either looking confused or being like, what's going on here? You know, something, because he was just basically standing there off screen doing nothing. I'm sure he's going to be mad at Sinclair after this. (laughs) Yeah. Again. Again. (laughs) So in the CNC, Garibaldi confronts Susan about her communications without really, you know, calling her out. But they both understand what the other's saying. And he says he doesn't think it will happen again. And she agrees. He offers to buy her a drink. And she says she can't because she's on duty, but maybe some other time. 
Um, I really like this because Garibaldi kind of lets her save face. You know, he doesn't yeah. make her come out and say that it was her. He just, you know, lets her know that he knows what was going on and that it's over with. And, um, and I thought that was really good of him. Uh, that's something this plot's done, you know, brought those two characters closer together. So next we see Londo meet Adira as she's leaving. And she says that she never meant to hurt him and... Yolando says he'll survive. He's been hurt before. But we find out that Commander Sinclair convinced Trakis to grant Adira her freedom. Yolando says that she could stay, but she's going to go anyway because the wounds are too fresh. And next, Londo gives the gift back to her, tells her to wear it proudly as a free woman and to someday come back to him. She says, goodbye, my ambassador. And she leaves. That's the end. That was sweet. Um, Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, if I could s- never see Londo kissing somebody with his eyes open again, that would be great. Her <laughs> <laughs> uh, kind of undercuts what I was about to say, that beneath his mask, he's just a hopeless old romantic, really. Oh. But creepy. There's <laughs> <laughs> a note, I copied this straight because I didn't feel like trying to paraphrase it, but it says... The episode's title is a term dating back to Roman times still in use in Britain. Roman senators in the days of the Republic wore purple-edged togas as a symbol of royalty since purple dye was very expensive. Today, members of the House of Lords wear purple robes for state occasions. When someone is made a peer in the UK, they are said to have been raised to the purple. Hereditary peers are born to the purple. Perhaps this implies that the purple files are also named because they're what keeps Londo's family in its permanent position. Okay. I've been yeah, I kind of figured that, but it's still kind of a weird title because... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. What are you saying, Shane? I was just going to say that I've been to the high schools. Oh. It is, it is an impre- a very, very impressive building. I was uh, suggested that Sinclair basically threatened Trachis. Yeah. Yeah. He's a scary man. Get a dearest freedom. <laughs> Would have been a nice scene to seen. Yeah. And it turns out there is a part cut from the script for time saying, basically explaining that gold channels are only for official use. They're high priority channels that can go anywhere back on Earth. Commercial communications are less reliable. They only have a few channels available. So you've got to wait for a call to go through. To use a gold channel for personal communications is a no no. I see. I think she sh- I mean, I think, okay, I know this is well, this was like a little plot that we were supposed to follow. I still don't really care too much about the plot until it came to the end, you know, with her talking to her dad. Yeah. But I would, I would hope that Sinclair would be understanding enough to let her use the gold channels if she says her father's dying, but I'm guessing that she's so private that she doesn't want anybody to know anything about her. So that's my guess. Oh, she doesn't know the commander that well yet, you know. This has only been a third episode. There you go. All right. Um, so how about quotes? Can I go first? Sure. I've been wanting to get. I, I've been wanting to say this all week. What do you want, you moon-based assass- assassin of joy? Uh, yeah, that was my. <laughs> that, yeah. that was my too. <laughs> yep. That, was that one. <laughs> Anything else? I'm not sure there were a lot in this episode. Uh, not a lot, but. Don't give away the whole world. Yeah. Yeah, love that one. I wrote down several, um, both of the ones that have been said so far. And then I have from Ivanova, Garibaldi, why are your fingers on my console? Um, I have one. It's, um, so uh, it's Jakar and Sinclair. So Jakar says, I never knew you could be so devious, Commander. And Sinclair says, coming from you, Ambassador, that's a real compliment. And then Jakar gave him a really dirty look. <laughs> that was also one of the ones I wrote down. <laughs> Anything else? Gentlemen, of all things in life, are females not the finest? <laughs> <laughs> well, you haven't given a quote. Uh, the only one I wrote down was uh, You Moon Faced Assassin of Joy. Okay. <laughs> Got not quite anything else there. Um, I do have the one uh, from the beginning with uh, Kodoff and the random guy. Uh, he says, hey, Hotspot, how about we blow this joint and go play a little Scan the Sector? And then yeah. Kodoff is like, arr, and then there's a crash, and then she says, trash. <laughs> what is Scan the Sector? That sounds dirty. <laughs> I think it's supposed to be. 
<laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, it's verbing the noun. You know, you, you, yeah, exactly. any any noun you verb, yeah, <laughs> sounds dirty. But the but the hot spot that he called her, I thought was so funny because like of all their spots on their heads. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, I I don't know why you just reminded me of it, but I finally noticed their um, hand communicators. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry, um, I was just going to say a little bit out of place, but before I forget it, a little bit of trivia I uh, found out about the quality of the prints. Uh, apparently, they, their uh, DVD prints were made from a uh, copy from UK Transmissions, not from the original film. Huh. Oh. Wow. Yeah. So that's why, you know, they're quite bad in places. Um, oh, okay. Uh, so Trachis had, was it his glove that was emitting electric charge or was it his himself? Do we know? I think it was some kind of weapon. Glove. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I... you see the glove later on in the um, scene with um, the graph. Okay. Yeah, because I thought it was him and I was like, well, there's no need for weapons when you can do that. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty nifty. So next, our characters of the week. Who's our human of the week? I went with Garibaldi. But... I I did too, actually. I I kind of thought Sinclair, but then I was like, well, he didn't really do that much, and and yeah. Garibaldi ended up being really good. Yeah, mate, that's three for Garibaldi. I just yeah, he tracked down uh, the transmission and he dealt with the thing with Ivanova really nicely. Make that fall. Well, I'm actually going to go with Sinclair for the first time because he made me laugh okay. for the first time. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to call it for Garibaldi. Sorry. I think that's a yeah, that's all right. So how about our alien of the week? Kodoth for me. <laughs> oh, I really wanted to go Kodoth. with Kodoth, but I ended up going with Londo in the end. Kodoth for president. <laughs> I, want her, I want her on every episode from now on. I think I'll go for Kodath too, actually. Yeah, I can go for Kodath. Yeah, totally fine. I'm gonna have to go. To, I'm gonna have to go for Kodath as well, even though I want it to be Negrath. <laughs> <laughs> One day you'll be Negrath. <laughs> Sorry. Kodath wins. Okay, next we'll do our episode rating. Shane, want to start us off? Yeah, uh, n- another good episode. Um, I like the fact that. You can, they're actually concentrating on different characters. I mean, last week we had um, Delan. This week we've got Londo. And Delan wasn't even in the episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to have to give this probably uh, seven, seven erotic dancers. <laughs> so, um, next, Heidi. Okay. I, I really enjoyed this one the first time through a little bit less than, uh, the second time. I, uh, really, like, once I had seen it through the first time, especially, like, the Garibaldi stuff, it made a lot more sense and was more enjoyable. So, um, I think I liked this one even better than last week's. And so I went with eight out of ten star laces. Okay, Elizabeth. This one's really tough for me. Um, I didn't care that much about the main plots. Um, I have to admit, Londo's not my favorite character. I know he's enjoyable, but I don't know. Something about it. I think he's just a little over the top for me. But um, it made me laugh more than any episode made me laugh so far. Um, it had a lot of good humor. Maybe some unintentional. I'm not sure. Um, but I don't know. I did enjoy it, though. Um, I would... I don't think it was as good for me as the pilot and the first uh, and the movie. So, or the pilot in the first episode. So I think I'm going to go, oh, but I was so funny. Um, I think I'll give it a six and a half out of 10 cork faces. Okay. How about you, Ian? Yeah. Well, this episode, it's got nice lines in it. And the secondary plot doesn't go anywhere until the last minute, but you've got a nice little payoff to that. Um, it's kind of nice seeing the uh, Lando and Adira love story. So, 7 out of 10 purple files. Awesome. Okay, for me, I don't know, this episode didn't really do that much for me. Um, there are a few places where I just kind of cringed, but 
I did like the part you know, with Ivanova talking to her father and Adira and Londo's final scene together. So I, I didn't think it was better than anything we've seen so far. So I gave it 7 out of 10 wine, women, and songs. <laughs> so our total score for this episode was 7.1. How about some feedback? We got feedback from Mitch. Anyone want to read Mitch's email? I can do it. <laughs> it says, Hi, gang. It's nice to have another Babylon 5 podcast. I've started another rewatch of the series and decided to see if there were any new podcasts out there devoted to the show. At this time, I listened to the teaser, the introduction, and the cast covering The Gathering. I've always enjoyed introducing the series to someone or being with them during their first time through. Looking back on it, it's easy to catch things JMS has set up for the future, and it's interesting, interesting to see who picks up on those things and who lets them slip by unnoticed. It seems as though you're enjoying the experience, even though I've really only heard two episodes so far, and that isn't even into the series proper yet. And I look forward to seeing the newbies' reaction to the show. There are two or three more episodes to download. I can't wait to hear what you've got in store for us next. Mitch from Omaha. Thank, thank you, you, Mitch. Mitch. Yeah, yes, I'm enjoying Mitch. it so far, I have Me to too. say. And yes, Mitch, I did leave out part of your email because it was slightly spoilery. It was just a little spoilery, but still, I just figured best to err on the side of caution. And My we, side. yeah, and we do hear your concern about the show. We'll take note of that. And next, we got email from Bob. Wants to take that. Okay, here we go. Hi down below. Well, for once, Sinclair was doing what he should be doing, negotiating compromise between enemies rather than running around in a fighter plane. <laughs> but doesn't allowing a telepath into a negotiations complicate things tremendously? I guess poker must, must not be popular in the future. Although, I guess if... Flound- oh, uh, although I guess if Flounder is the one doing the negotiations, there'll be no mind to read. <laughs> well, that's a bit cruel, but... <laughs> I, oh, I don't well. know, I kind of take your point, though, about um, telepaths and negotiations, that it does complicate things quite a bit. I mean, I think that's... Yeah. Mis- I, I don't know. I, it'd be interesting to see her actually working and see what she says is a lie and what isn't or what misleading and what isn't, because you can kind of mislead your intentions while also telling the truth. So... Mm-hmm. It'd be kind of interesting to see where where she draws a line in terms of what to um to bring up or not. Yeah, and maybe even just maybe how it works. Like, is it just all this flood of thoughts, or is it like can she distinguish? And yeah, you know, can it's you pick, interesting. Can you and pick I wonder one if one voice for the sea of sea of uh, yeah. Sorry, I, I was going for a metaphor there, and it completely failed. <laughs> I wonder if, like, since they know that um, there are telepaths that enter into negotiations, I wonder if any ambassadors ever get trained on um, stifling their thoughts or, or keeping some things down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That'd be interesting, definitely. Anyway, um, he goes on to say, I like the Ivanova Garibaldi side plot. Apparently she has a heart in there somewhere, and Garibaldi recognized that and let her use the gold channel. So. And let her use the channel slide. Ah, I misread that completely. The channel on the slide. And there was the uh, offer of a drink at the end. I don't know if anything will happen there, but if it does, I would be. I would certainly prefer it to Londo sex scenes. <laughs> you and me both, Bob. <laughs> so Londo is in the position he is in because he has enough dirt to blackmail any of the uh, top centauri. It seems that Lando and Dakar are getting more friendly. At least they agree about females. <laughs> I'm not sure Dakar does anymore. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Thanks, Bob. <laughs> Sorry I kind of butchered your um, feedback there, but keep it coming in. I'll get better at reading them out. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry. Yeah, we got yeah. feedback from Facebook. Who wants to take our first one? I'll take Jan. Um, okay. So this is Facebook feedback from Jan. Um I like this episode. Londo's to hell with appearances when dealing with Adira. The Purple Files plot might be a bit standard, but it works as a framework. The Londo-Jakar interaction got real fun in this one, especially at the end. Agreed. Sinclair's comment of being devious as a compliment from Jakar and Jakar's reaction. Yes. Uh, favorite quote uh, from Londo. 
What do you want, you moon-faced assassin of joy? I think that's the quote of the episode. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Uh, favorite uh, human, tough in this one. I'll go for Sinclair. And favorite alien is Londo. Thanks, Jan. Uh, what about Lori's comment? I'll take that one. I agree that the plot on this one seems a bit predictable, but I like Adira. She seems familiar. Assume you will cover anything else she might have been in. Not sure if we learned why they were the purple files. Purple is generally associated with royalty in Earth culture, so possibly in Centauri as well. Londo was also wearing purple. Liked mm-hmm. all the backstory on Centauri culture, slavery, emphasis on family status, and maybe a caste system. The negotiations being left to the assistants was also pretty entertaining. Jakar's mm-hmm. response. To, like I said, I wanted to see the actual negotiations. Yeah, um, that would have been <laughs> Chikar's response to seeing his assistant arrive early was excellent. The Ivanova subplot was a nice second thread running through the episode, and like that Garibaldi figured it out, but let it slide. Wondering if any of the ambassadors figured it out. Human, Sinclair, Alien, Adira. Cool. Well, I definitely didn't figure out why, you know, what was... Because the first time I saw it, I didn't even know we were talking about calls. <laughs> yeah. So I definitely didn't figure that out. Um, I, I kind of thought that she was trying to cover something up, but... I didn't I had no idea what it was, so I lose on that one for sure. I actually just had this picture in my head of the um, trade negotiations between um, Vir and um, oh, why I can't Kodath. Of course, it's Kodath. Vir and Kodath. <laughs> um, Vir saying, "Yes, I'll give you this concession if you give me the um, code to finishing this level." You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then Kodath. Sounds like fan fiction. Oh, I went to a fan fiction site the other day and tried to read some, but it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't that good. At least the one that I tried to read. Um, yeah, I, I actually uh, remember back in the early 2000s going on a uh, Yahoo group, and there was um, a role-playing uh, fan fiction thing going on there, which was quite fun to read. Okay, next week we'll be covering... Infection with guest host Melanie, who I think is recently married. Yes, congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. So any theories on what Infection will be about? <laughs> well... Yeah, at least it's a title this week you can um, guess at, rather than Born to the Purple. I know, now I'm worried about going with the obvious. <laughs> <laughs> He's spoiling us. So Born to the Purple wasn't about Prince, which has <laughs> been a better episode. <laughs> Um, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with a parasitic alien, uh, boards Babylon 5 and begins to infect the other occupants. Elizabeth? Okay, that's a good guess. Um, I'm hoping that this means that we're gonna get a lot more of the Doctor next episode. Um, okay, so maybe, yes, I, I, I guess I'd have to say that there's... An infection on the ship. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm gonna go out on a limb, <laughs> and I want to say that um, it would affect at least one of the ambassadors uh, or Sinclair, and it's kind of a race against time before they have to like do something permanent, like lock off a sector or um, Ooh, something or like maybe, that. Maybe like when they lock off the sector, they have to um, like release the portion of the space station or something like if it's if the infection gets that bad then right they can't let they can't basically they can't reopen it or yeah or like it drifts off into space or something oh okay yeah yeah that would be very yeah that was a good that'd be good and so it was like a race against time and hopefully you know uh the new doctors saves the day because i want to see more of him oh him and kodoth together save the day (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're the only ones on screen. <laughs> well, uh, I was going to say about infection. Shame you didn't come up with a prediction. If I didn't know what was going to happen here, I would have gone out on a limb and say we're dealing with uh, Lundo having to deal with an STD as contracted from a dealer. You gotta love that. No, we need to have we can, we need to have a focus on somebody else next episode because we haven't yeah. had much of the. Um, Orlons lately, have we? Um, so maybe, well, no, because Kosh can't get sick again. That's that right, would be that was already done. Um, 
there are these mysterious characters that we have not met that are in the, like, credits. Lanier. Lanier. And is there another one that's, like, something Tosh? Natoth. Natoth. We haven't met whoever that is, right? Not really. Okay. Mm. So, yeah, I keep seeing their names, and I'm like, they have to show up soon. And we don't think this has anything to do with the hole in, in Sinclair's mind at this point. Probably too early, huh? Probably. Yeah. So Unless he's got brain cancer and that's the infection we're dealing with. Hmm. Sorry. I can't help with my jokes tonight. I can't remember. I actually can't remember. You can't remember if he gets brain cancer? Uh, I can't remember. I'm sorry. I can't remember what the next episode is about, is you know the truth. Oh. <laughs> but that doesn't say anything. I'm though. sure it was a great one then. <laughs> Um, okay. I, so I you... remember, but I'm keeping silent. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Heidi, do you think that Sinclair and Talia will start dating? Yeah, I think it's leaning in that direction. I think so, too. Do you think we'll ever see Adira again? I kind of hope so. I liked her. Yeah, I liked her. I don't I have a feeling that we're not going to see her again. She'll Probably. be like Caroline and just... <laughs> go away and never come back. Or who knows, maybe we'll see her again. That's the point. If uh, Sinclair starts dating Talia, what about um, Carolyn? I'm guessing Carolyn is gone. That's my guess. Yeah, I am too, because uh, as I had issue with, you know, the whole um, people disappearing from the pilot movie, so I think that's probably just one of those things. She's she could just be out on assignment and she's just not come back to the station yet. She could be. But yeah, that's her. I mean, she like, obviously doesn't have a girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, hmm. Any other predictions, Heidi? Do you have any? This was a hard one for actually getting new predictions for the series, though, I think. It, it really was. I, I think that all of this information about how um, Centauri, like, families and uh, noble system, like, how that works. I think that we're going to see more of that, but I don't know in what way. Yeah. And what about the, yeah, what about the um, newspaper headline that Shane read out for you earlier? Any theories on that? Oh my gosh. Home guard leader convicted. I don't even know what the home guard is. Have we heard (laughs) that term before? Not that I can think of. Um, I don't know. Was it even an Earth newspaper? Do we? It was the uh, was Universe the Today or something like that. Universe Today, okay. Something like that. Was that what it's called? Or yeah. Okay. okay. Well, then it could be anything, really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no way I could okay. do anything, any kind of remotely intelligent analysis on that one. Right. Yeah. Me too. Um. What else? So who, like, who would you guess is not going to be in the next episode? Or do you think we'll see all of the... Because uh, it's been a while. It's been like two episodes since we've seen all of the um, people together. Well, and we, and we um, haven't had an episode without Londo or Jakar, right? Like, both of them have been in every episode. No, I think last episode, Soul Hunter, we didn't see them. Oh, that's right. They were gone completely. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, maybe everyone will be back. Yeah, I think it's time for us to have everybody. And if it is an infection, that would really affect everybody on the ship. So... Mm-hmm. We'd have to say that probably all of them will show up. Um, and frankly, having Londo and Jakar in an episode together without Delenn or Kosh is like, these are the most um, like juvenile ambassadors <laughs> that have ever existed. <laughs> how did they get these jobs? Well, we know how Londo got the job. <laughs> right. Blackmail. <laughs> but I hope we see more of Kodoth. But I... I I kind of think we won't see more, like, much more of her until later, but... Yeah, there is hope, though, because we see we see quite a bit of fear. Mm-hmm, so, that's true. So that's good. Hopefully, you know, Kodoth will be the same. She doesn't see us as Jakar. She seems more straightforward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that would be interesting uh, to see their dynamic. Oh, uh, well, they've got to develop a bond somehow, so... Yeah, any ideas for stories that can involve Kodath and um, Jakar? Well, I'd like to see them um, butt heads about something. You know, maybe Jakar has some wily scheme. <laughs> and is like, hey, let's tone it down a little bit, Jakar. Let's not get kicked off the station just yet. Um, yeah, maybe Yeah, maybe they have they butt heads about something. I don't know. Nice. Please uh, tell me she comes back. <laughs> 
But don't actually tell us. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rhetorical. We can't say anything. <laughs> we cannot just ask questions. Yes, you've all been very silent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was looking up the next episode. So <laughs> like, what really does happen? Well, that's all we have for this week, folks. Uh, thanks for joining us again, Shane. It's good to have you yeah, back. Thanks. It's been my pleasure. Are you coming back again? Uh, not for a while. And he can't tell you the title of the episode either. We don't want to give away spoilers. Oh, okay, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> All righty. Until next time, everybody, take care. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye, guys. Look for us on the web in iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Also at downbelowpodcast.com, facebook.com slash groups slash downbelowpodcast, and also on Twitter at downbelowcast. Thank you.